boys and girls. This is Miss Kathy. We're in the middle of the Christmas season, and we thought we'd bring you some stories from Guide's Greatest Christmas Stories. After the Christmas season, we'll be returning to our regularly scheduled shoebox mystery books. Christmas is a special time of year, a time to celebrate the birth of baby Jesus, who was born in a stable. Shepherds, after being serenaded by angels, rushed over to find the baby lying in a manger. Wise men, carrying gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, followed a bright star until it led them to the baby king. What about you? Will this Christmas bring you closer to Jesus? I hope so, and I hope that the Jesus of Christmas will live in your heart throughout the year. Helen Lee Robinson, Editor Annie's Christmas Miracle by Anna Mangan As Annie ran down the steps of the schoolhouse, she thought about what she had overheard that morning. Grandpa had been talking to the landlord. We don't know whether we'll have food for the young'uns on Christmas Day unless God performs a miracle. I'm not sure how we'll be able to pay rent. The landlord had said that he would wait until New Year's Day. Then Annie had heard Grandpa and Grandma whispering for a long time. She got out of bed and crept to their door. I'll tell them not to worry, she thought. Peeping through the door, she saw Grandpa and Grandma kneeling beside the bed, praying. Her heart was suddenly lighter. She tiptoed back to her room. Everything will be all right now, she whispered as she hurried to dress for school. But now, as she walked home from school, Annie wondered if God had heard Grandpa and Grandma's prayer. Annie took the shortcut along the railroad track. It was the quickest way home. She walked along the steel rails that stretched through the unbroken snow. Then she turned off onto the path that led through the choke cherry thicket and across the pasture to the little white house where she lived with Grandpa and Grandma. As she walked along, her foot slipped, and she slid through the snow to the bottom of the low bank that ran along the tracks. A snowdrift stopped her fall. As Annie scrambled to her feet, she saw a can tumble out of the pile of snow. She picked it up, turning it in her hand. The can was unopened. She kicked against the snow pile again, and more cans rolled out. Some were rusty and dented, and a few had bulging ends. The labels were peeling off, but all the cans were unopened. Annie scurried to the other end of the long pile and pushed the snow away. More cans spilled out. She wiped three of them with her mittens and carried them the short distance home across the pasture. Grandma was at the gate waiting for her. Look, Grandma, oh, look, she panted. There's a big pile of cans like this right down there by the railroad in the chokecherry thicket. Grandma took a can and examined it. Now I wonder what can be in them. Let's go and find Grandpa. We'll see what he says. Grandpa was chopping the wood behind the house. Annie thrust the cans into his hands. I found them in the snow in the chokecherry thicket. Let's go inside, Grandpa said, leading the way to the kitchen. We'll soon find out what's in them. Annie ran to get the can opener. She held her breath as Grandpa opened the first can. Tomatoes! Oh, do you suppose they are all tomatoes? Hurry, Grandpa, hurry! The second can held golden halves of peaches, and the third, purple plums. Annie squealed with joy. Grandpa and Grandma stared at the three cans, then at each other. Tell us exactly where you got them, Grandpa said. Just down in the ravine, Grandpa, there's a pile as tall as me and three or four times as long. Grandpa smiled at her. That would be an awfully big pile of cans, Annie, he said. Maybe you'd better ask George to bring the big wheelbarrow over and help you fetch them home. This looks like a miracle to me. How could I have doubted that God would hear Grandpa and Grandma's prayers, Annie thought as she ran down the road to her cousin's house. George heard her coming and popped his head out of the root cellar. George, come quick, Annie shouted. We're having a miracle at our house. A what? George asked. A miracle! 
Annie shook her mittened hands and laughed. Come on! Can't you see I'm busy? George replied, snapping a long braid of dry onions at her. I have to braid these or I can't go caroling tonight. Really, truly, George, we have a miracle, a Christmas miracle. Grandpa said you must come and help haul it home. Then maybe we'll all have a nice Christmas dinner to eat. Bring the big wheelbarrow and come on. George dashed for the barn and came back at once with the wheelbarrow. Where food is concerned, I'm always ready to drop everything else, he said with a laugh. Annie led him down to the ravine in the chokecherry thicket. See there, she exclaimed, that's God's answer to Grandpa and Grandma's prayer. George gave a long, low whistle. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Annie. Are all these cans full of food? The two of them worked quickly to put all the cans into the wheelbarrow. When it was full, George tried to push it, but it was too heavy. Wait, George, Grandpa gave me some rope. Tie it on the front, then I can pull while you push. Come on, Annie, come on, pull, George shouted as they got the wheelbarrow up out of the ravine. When they reached home, they pushed the unwieldy load up to the back steps. Grandpa was just coming into the yard. I went to see the sheriff, he said. I thought we should tell him about the cans in case they belong to someone who needs them. What did he say, George asked. Shall we go and get the rest? There are two or three more loads. He said to bring them to the house. He thinks it's very unlikely that anyone will claim them. They may be the loot from Castile's store. It was robbed last winter, remember? When the last of the cans had been stacked in the kitchen, Grandpa stood looking at them. The sheriff is going to call Mr. Castile. He will let us know what to do with them. I'll be going home now, George said through chattering teeth. Mother will be looking for me. Oh, no, Grandma said, putting her hand on his arm. Grandpa stopped at your house on the way back, and you may stay here for supper. You've been such a big help. They had just finished supper when they heard a thump on the front porch. Grandpa hurried to open the door. There stood Mr. Castile. These were left over from the Christmas barrel at the church last night, he said. He held up three large red stockings filled with candy and nuts. A sack leaning against him was overflowing with golden oranges and bananas. Well, ma'am, Mr. Castile said, aren't you going to invite me in? Oh, yes, do come in, Mr. Castile, Grandma swung open the door. Tell us, what did you find out? After the sheriff called, I got in touch with my insurance company, Mr. Castile said. They paid me for the theft some time ago. They told me to do whatever I wanted with the canned goods. Mr. Castile sat down in the rocking chair. So, I want you to take the cans as a gift for Christmas. They can't be sold now, since there are no labels on them. Some are rusty, and some are even bulging at the ends. Those you will have to throw away. Besides, I think the children earned them by bringing them home. He took a list out of his pocket and read in a sing-song voice, There should be five cases each of peaches, pineapple, tomatoes, plums, pears, corn, peas, string beans, and macaroni, two cases each of raspberry jam, strawberry jam, and Concord grape jelly. Then he stood up and headed to the door. This is indeed a Christmas miracle, Grandma said. You will never know how thankful we are. God bless you, and may you have a happy, happy Christmas. Grandma closed the door as Mr. Castile went down the walk. A great warmth filled Annie's heart. A glow seemed to light the room. George caught her eye and grinned, and Annie knew Jesus had answered Grandpa and Grandma's prayers and sent a miracle to the little white house on his birthday. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Christmas Stories, a compilation from various writers for Guide magazine. 
edited by Helen Lee Robinson and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. As our special gift to you, we will be sharing one of these stories every day between now and Christmas. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. 